Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Tony Giovanello, president of Shasta EDC. Tony discusses several BRE practices that they've implemented to assist their local businesses. He shares how they've done an in-depth study of what their business community's internet presence is and how they've been able to assist them in advancing this web presence. Tony also shares how they use a third-party telemarketing firm to assist in their recruitment efforts. Let's jump right in to Tony's Economic Development Secrets. Hi, Tony. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. Well, thank you, Nicole. It's a pleasure to be here. We're very happy to have you here. Um, can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. My name is Tony Givanello, and I'm the president of the Shasta EDC, and it's an organization that represents economic development for one of the counties up in the very northern part of California. We're two hours north of Sacramento. Uh, our largest city is Redding, and it's about 100,000 people, and we've got, it's a beautiful place to live. We are within 10 minutes of the largest lake in California, Shasta Lake, and we're right at the top of, uh, if you would, the Central Valley, which everyone knows for being, if you would, the food producer of the country, and in some cases, the world. Uh, but we've got mountains surrounding us on three sides and the beautiful Sacramento River running right through our area. So it's a, it's a wonderful place to live and uh, the quality of life is excellent. Wonderful. How long have you been involved in the economic development field? Well, Nicole, I'm a newbie. It's been a little less than two years. Uh, I had actually retired about four years ago and I was kind of getting bored with fishing and playing golf. It was great for a couple of years, but I wanted to do something of value in the community. And I heard about this position, which primarily focuses on building the economy and job growth in manufacturing and technology, primary industries. And the focus there is in those two areas is because there's a great multiplier uh, in the value of those uh, jobs to the whole overall economy. And as you might guess, uh, manufacturing companies uh, export things out of your local area and bring dollars in, and technology companies export bits and bring dollars in. Wonderful. Well, uh, how big is your organization? It's just two and a half of us. And we I think we put out as much as maybe five or six. <laughs> That's okay. our goal. We, 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 have, we have a lot of opportunity here, a lot of things that, that uh, we can work on and a lot of things that we need to work on. And there are some challenges with being in a more rural community. Uh, but there are also some advantages, like I said, about the quality of life aspects. Right, absolutely. Well, you and I met a few weeks ago, actually, at the IEDC's Business Retention and Expansion class, just for the audience, you know, as a background of this conversation. And uh, Tony, you 
shared a lot of great tidbits about different BRE tactics that you guys do in your community that have worked. And would you mind sharing that with the audience today? Just a little bit about things that you do? Sure. The, the primary one that I think people really got excited about was one that we actually haven't deployed yet. We're in the process of deploying it this week and next week. It's something that we've been working on now for well over a year. And we refer to it as Project Hometown. And it, you know, it's interesting because rural communities, they don't typically have the same kind of organic engagement with technology that metropolitan areas have with usually large universities and, and technology companies so that you know, the, the, the uh, actual technology and digital environment is, is pervasive. And it's kind, of in, it's kind of interesting because you would think a rural community could actually benefit more because the connectivity bridges a gap. And, uh, but unfortunately, that isn't necessarily the case. So what we're doing is we're going to try and push it very, very hard. So my belief is that in the world of the future, there will be have and have not people, have and have not companies, and have and have not communities based on how they embrace digital technology. And we have about 17,000 businesses in our county. And those range from multi-billion dollar businesses to the one-man shop who's doing it part-time in his basement. Uh, but they all, in today's world, need websites. And we looked at the websites that were out there, and we saw that a lot of them were, you know, these single-page websites, and they were kind of like online brochures. They weren't updated. And then we went out and looked to see who's hitting those websites. And we found that they're primarily uh, being, uh, being searched on cell phones and tablets, but yet they were not optimized for those devices. They were designed around desktops. So there was all this investment out there, but uh, the companies weren't capitalizing on it. And then we looked at whether or not these companies were using e-commerce, and we found that a very small number of them were using e-commerce. And as you know, that's a bigger and bigger part of our economy. I don't think it'll ever replace retail, but it's, uh, it's about 17% of retail sales now, and it's going to continue to grow. So if you ignore it, you're going to leave uh, an opportunity on the table. So what Project Hometown does is it basically creates a platform where through a partnership with all the web development companies in our town and a spec, kind of an easy on-ramp spec at a very, very low cost, we can get our companies online and in e-commerce. Then, and how do, one of the ways we do that, which is also beneficial to our community, since we're doing it for such a low price, it's hard for the web developers to afford to do it. So we've already trained our first, first cohort of 10 high school students. And they passed with flying colors and created some great websites. And they're going to actually deploy this service as interns for the web companies. The web companies are going to kind of train them on the job. And these high schoolers are being uh, engaged in the business community. 
and they're potentially doing work as interns for future employers. So we think it's a great way to educate our workforce, to deliver this service, and, uh, and then create some more engagement with our youth and our community. That is such a neat program. I loved hearing about it before and I've loved hearing about it again as well. Um, speaking of which too, you guys, uh, Shasta EDC has a incredible website. I was looking at it earlier and you guys have done a really wonderful job with it. Well, thank you. And like we hope for the rest of our companies in our county, we are really looking at our dashboards every week and making adjustments on that site to make sure that we continue to draw the kind of traffic and are adding content and things like that so that we come up high on the searches, that to Google we look like a great search response because that's how Google does things. It basically wants to provide the best information and searches when you ask for something. And the only way to do that is really see what people are interested in kind of adjust your site so that you're good for Google and that means you're good for yourself and you're good for the people that you serve. Wonderful. Well, and then you guys also have a shop small campaign, correct? Well, in, in essence, that's what Project Hometown will end up being. So look at it this way. Once we get everybody online and they have an e-commerce capability, then we can start to train them and help them create good content about their businesses which will draw people to their site. Then we can take content that's being created by a lot of the horizontal organizations like the EDC, like the Chambers of Commerce, like the Builders Exchange and the Visitors Bureau, and we can get those on all of the sites out there. And we can teach our different businesses actually to look at the sites of other businesses in our community. And we can create a directory also. And on all the horizontal sites, like I said about the other economic development organizations, you know, provide links to our different businesses. And all of a sudden we start to look bigger on the internet than other communities, not just individual businesses, but when somebody searches something, they may get one Shasta County business, but a bunch of others because of the content that we put up there. And I think eventually people are going to say, wow, what's happening there in Shasta County? They come up on a lot of the searchers. They seem to be doing a lot of cool things. And when I read these websites, I'm not just reading about the companies, but I'm reading about really great things that the community is doing and, and uh, how the community cares about business and people and is integrated and committed to a great way of life. And, you know, we think that's uh, going to give us a competitive advantage as a region. Oh, absolutely. Do you guys also have a workforce development program? Yes, we do. So uh, we have a local community college, uh, which is obviously organization and they have great workforce development both in technology and in advanced manufacturing with CNC routing and robotics welding and a lot of other uh, things like that 
And then we have Simpson University, which is a four-year university, and they train a lot of people in business, which is helpful for our community. We leverage a lot of the engineering graduates from Chico State, which is only about 70 miles south of us. And we also here in, at the EDC, we have a startup accelerator with startup companies uh, basically subsidized and supported and mentored here in our facility with low cost rent and other amenities. And one of the startups was a company called Cloudwise Academy, and they're actually teaching web development, mobile app development, and other things like that. Very neat. Well, can you also talk a little bit about your recruitment efforts? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, in recruitment, you know, you got to make a lot of contacts and our little two and a half man band uh, can't necessarily make as many as we like. We actually use a third party telemarketing firm who uh, specifically works with economic development organizations. And we give them a profile of the kind of companies uh, that we're looking for. You know, things, companies that we believe uh, would have affinity for our natural resources, the talent in our area would get a, list, a logistics advantage or supply base advantage from being here. And they represent themselves as Shasta County EDC. And they're very professional. And basically they get us meetings with CEOs and CFOs in whatever regions of the country uh, that we're targeting at that point in time. So uh, it's a very, very successful program. Very neat. Do you um, work with incentive packages as well? We do. We have some local incentive packages, mostly for new construction. Uh, in the state of California, we do not have as many incentives as some of the other states. But, you know, a lot of, and a lot of times I'll be out talking to people in different areas of the country or the world, and they'll ask about incentives. And they'll say, wow, you know, there's not really that many incentives compared to some other places. And they say, it seems like, you know, California, there may be a little higher cost place to do business because real estate's more expensive. But then I share with them what I think is the most important fact, and that is, or, or set of facts, and that is, even though California is a large state, it still has a lot of manufacturers, you know, per capita, if you would. The ratio of manufacturers in our state is very, very high. And even though cost is very, very important, that shouldn't be their only consideration because California companies on average are 11% more profitable than companies in the rest of the country. So uh, if I remember properly, when I, you know, appropriately, when I went to business school, cost was important, but the bottom line was more important. And, you know, that's because we have very dense markets here and we have great proximity if you want to export to ports. Uh, and, you know, especially a place like Redding, California, where we are, we're equidistant between Vancouver and San Diego, or if you squeeze it in a little bit between Seattle and LA. And logistics are really important. We can serve 50 million end users with 24 hour delivery right from, from where we are, because we have a great highway system. And, uh, you know, we're close to dense markets. Wow, that's very, very neat. 
Well, and then I would imagine that tourism is huge in your area as well, right? It is with with the river. And by the way, uh, we have a fly fishing organization here who has one percent who captures one percent of the market share of the whole fly fishing industry in the world. And they book over four thousand hotel rooms a year and they book just destinations not not only right here on our river in town, but in the surrounding area within a two or three hour drive, you have some of the most fantastic fly fishing in the world. So we have that. We've got, you know, all the all the river activities. And then we've got Mount Shasta an hour to the north of us, which is a ski resort. And by the way, it, it's it's listed as the within the top 30 ski resorts in the world. Uh, we also have uh, Lassen Peak about an hour to the east of us. It's a wonderful uh, national park. And there are other national parks all over here. And that's why we get about 3.2 million tourists a year into our area. And as a matter of fact, there was an article that was featured on the Expedia website just recently that called Redding, California out as the second best place to staycation. So in other words, if you live here, why would you go on vacation? So, yeah, tourism is very big, and uh, it's a great place to visit. Oh, wow, that is so neat. Very cool. Staycationing. I'm all about that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and fly fishing as well. How fun. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've <laughs> driven through Reading multiple times, and, I mean, I am always in awe by the uh, range of different activities that are around there. It's so neat. Well, you know, even for golfers, We've got some unbelievable golf courses for $50 or $60 where in the big cities, you know, you're paying $100 to $250 for courses of the same caliber or maybe not even as good. Right. Absolutely. Well, Tony, I have a few wrap-up questions for you. Mm -hmm. The first is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers that are out there listening? So I think the biggest thing is make it a community effort. You know, in today's world, everyone in your community is a loudspeaker. You know, they have this, these digital tools that they can use. And, and you just don't want them to be a loudspeaker in an uncontrolled way. You want them to be a brand ambassador for your area. So anything you can do to... Uh, make the community know about the things that your economic development organization is doing and even help coach them on how they can be a part of the area's growth and what they can do individually. Uh, we're just early on that path, you know, but honestly, I've seen some other places. One comes to mind, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. We were there for the IEDC meeting uh, in 2016, and I hadn't been in Cleveland in a number of years, and I was amazed uh, at what they had done and how each individual that I came across, in whatever capacity, whether it was uh, a server in a restaurant, uh, an Uber or a taxi driver, someone at the hotel front desk, or just walking on the street, it seemed like everybody was a brand ambassador. 
Wonderful. Yeah, that is very, very helpful. Um, well, and my last question is, and I'm sure this will range since you have so much at your fingertips up in Reading, but what mm -hmm. is your favorite hobby? My personal favorite hobby is boating. And I grew up on New York in Long Island, which is surrounded by water. So, you know, I've been boating since, uh, you know, I've been five years old and I've had a number of boats myself. But up here on Shack Lake, it is one of the most wonderful lakes. It's 365 miles of shoreline and it's, it's a crystal clear, clean lake. And we don't have any of the things that we have in the southeast, like snakes and things like that. You know, just uh, wonderful fish if you want to catch them. But great water skiing, jet skiing, uh, houseboating, uh, kayaking, and I do it all. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. So relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Tony, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I absolutely loved hearing um, everything that you do up in uh, Reading and at Shasta EDC. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to share with all of us your economic development secrets. Well, it was my pleasure, Nicole. Nice meeting you at the BRE session a few weeks ago, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.